All right, let's get back into it. Hearty discussion here with our friends Buzz Hargrove, past president of the Canadian Auto Workers, John Turley Ewart, all that experience on Bay and Wall Streets as a risk management consultant, and of course, Ernie Eves, former finance minister and premier of Ontario. Premier. That's another word I wanted to pick up on because, you know, the premier steakhouse in the entire country is right there at the foot of Bay Street. That's Harbor 60. And we were talking off air about the Leafs home opener October 3rd with Montreal coming to town or the remnants of the Habs from the glory years. And uh, But this is one of those nights that you circle in red on your calendar and you make your reservations early, as many people already have, for the Harbor 60 experience. And it has to be experienced when you go into a game. I mean, it just adds luster to your whole night, the whole experience there before the game. And then after the game, drinks at the bar. You know, the Harbor 60 is located immediately south of the rink. That's the Scotiabank Arena formerly the ACC. Big parking lot, the valet parking, really, it's first class and then some, and so too will your night be at the Harbor 60 in the historic Toronto Harbor Commission building. All right, I wanted to get back into uh, this discussion on matters that uh, are of consequence, you know. By the way, uh, let me ask you, Buzz, because there's a postal worker strike that's being threatened uh, September 26th. And uh, a lot of people may not notice uh, there'll be fewer flyers in the mail and things like that. I mean, does the post office and these guys remember the heady days and you probably do Jean-Claude Perrault and all these militant unionists and things like that. Joe Davidson. Yeah, yeah, all these cats. These were your colleagues and uh, fellow travelers. But Buzz's buddies. Yeah, yes, more or less. Right. <laughs> and, and so, but is there any more clout that they have or what are the issues at heart here? Well, uh, the, the Postal Service itself is changing radically. Uh, a lot of change. There's a lot less people mailing letters now with email and all of these other uh, forms of communication. And uh, therefore, uh, the union gave some major concessions in the last set of, last couple sets of bargaining to try to help uh, the business model. Now is turned. The business model's turned. The e-commerce, the parcels, uh, the big business now. And they've made a couple hundred million uh, dollars. So uh, the issue is what it always uh, seems to be is that when, in the good times, companies have all of the arguments. We can't give you any money because we've got to invest in new technology. We've got to invest in this and invest in that. And in the bad times, well, you have to give up because we don't have any uh, any ability to, uh, to pay. So the postal workers are now saying we're going to go to a deadline and test uh, the resolve of the of the management. And I think their, their cause is just. Do you think anybody would notice a postal strike, John? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that some people would notice uh, the postal strike. Um, you know, probably folks in rural areas more than other areas. But here's the thing is in, in the past, 70s, uh, early 80s, uh, the post office really had a monopoly on the mail. Now, if, if for instance, uh, you know, they go on strike, Amazon is, uh, you know, uses different uh, services to deliver its, uh, its, its parcels. So it'll, it will use uh, UPS and, and private uh, uh, firms to, to deliver and, and, frankly, just get around the workers. So, I mean, they, they have lost a lot of leverage. My guess is that they'll do, uh, you know, work hard to try and get a deal without going on strike. I can't imagine that they're going to get much uh, support from the public on it. How about it, uh, Ernie? A strike doesn't sound like it's practical in this regard. No, it doesn't. I think both Buzz and John have made excellent points. The whole landscape has changed from the '60s or '70s, and I don't think there's a heck of a lot of leverage. Although I, you know, I may have some sympathy for some of the issues that Buzz raises, but people use all different means nowadays. Uh, the rural areas would be one area that would that would hurt. There's no doubt about that. 
Let me ask you, Buzz, on another matter, and this has to do with job security. You've got this situation where Jerry Diaz, who's your successor there now with Unifor, he's the president, he was on this program yesterday. We're talking about this lockout. It's an aerospace company in Gander, Newfoundland, uh, American-based. 30 workers have been locked out, and it's 21 months now, and everybody's getting a little uh, testy and exasperated. And uh, what the union has done is taken some of these... uh, replacement workers they're calling them scabs meet your scabs and uh that's typical union language yes okay well they've outed them publicly they're naming and shaming them and i'm just wondering if this was justified now here's jerry diaz from this program yesterday what he had to say in the matter i spent one minute on google googling jobs in gander and there are jobs everywhere so this argument that look some of the scabs left full-time jobs across the picket line do you think it's fair what they're doing here? They're outing these people and naming it in a small community. A lot of these people now are fearful that they might actually, you know, face bullying and worse. I, I think the thing that's really unfair is, is the fact that the employer uh, can have a lockout of a small group of people in the far end of the uh, country uh, for almost two years now and not be forced to come before a tribunal and explain himself uh, an industrial commission or something to well jerry did say the uh labor uh i guess the labor board ruled against the company on two occasions but the company hasn't made any concessions they have well, they've just that, ignored it that's why we have courts if they've ruled that then the uh, yeah, going after should, the people going per se, to the courts going after the replacement workers or the scabs meet the scabs i mean well, what we should be going after is the employer and the government the employer okay, but tell the me government the, has allowed them to bring in people i, I understand well, is a jerry of on the from, wrong side of this asia allowing his people to jerry's do this. supporting uh, the workers that's that's his role uh, after 21 months he better be on the side of the workers here uh, or he like me and my, when I was there, you wouldn't have your job. Well, he's supporting his members, uh, not supporting workers. And I think they could have. Well, these are workers, they're members. Well, you know, if you if you actually look at the ad, what you see is uh, it's largely women and minorities. They're being highlighted here by Unifor, um, and this is a, a union that says it's going to stand up for women workers, stand up for minority rights. I mean, the fact is, is that they could have said, "Look, uh, we're here for all workers. These workers are being exploited in the plant. Our workers are not being treated fairly," and had. I would call a win-win public relations situation. But what they've done now is is basically take people's social media and try to demonize the wrong folks. It's not about the, the, the replacement workers. It's about the company. And they've taken the eye off the company and put it on women and, and minorities who are trying to find a job. And if Jerry says there's tons of jobs in Gander, then there's tons of jobs for his members to go to if they don't want to work at that plant. You're just going to leave it there as a... No, I... Look at I I think this is one step too far. Um, I don't believe that they should be using social media to harass and identify and bully these people. I mean, this is almost smacks of Trumpism, so maybe Jerry and Donald have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry would like that. Jerry would love to hear you say that, Ernie. Rah, uh, <laughs> rah. Ra, Again, very the government big... has a role to play here. We, uh, you talk about... Uh, 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 people of color. We have two people of color, which you wouldn't find two people of color prior to this lockout in Gander period. It's a pretty white right. uh, uh, but it's, neighborhood. It, and they brought them in purposely to take the jobs of the people they locked out, the employer did. Why would the Newfoundland government allow them to do that? They're the ones that should be under the gun here. So the Newfoundland the government's responsible for any threats or bullying of, against the minority people. 21 months on the picket line. The union's acting out of uh, frustration. That wouldn't be normal actions 
uh, of my union. All right. Well, I got another union question for you, Buzz, here. Uh, keep your powder dry. We'll come back with this one here into uh, the home stretch, and then Lou will join us with a last look at business. On the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.